Hello and welcome to the Business of Authority. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And today we're going to ask the question, does appearance matter? Interesting. <laughs> so on our previous episode, uh, what, what were we talking about? Finding your voice? or Finding your voice, yeah. And I, I made this comment, and I don't remember exactly how I said it, but something about it doesn't matter if you think you're you know, too tall, too short, too fat, too thin. It's important to get your voice out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what kind of started this topic. Yeah, and I, I believe I made a comment, or this is a comment I make a lot, which is, is a sort of from the Thoreau quote, you know, beware of all enterprises that require new clothes. It's kind of like, if you have to buy all new clothes for something, then it should, you should maybe stop and think like, is this really a good job for me? Like if I don't have the outfit for this job, then why am I going after the job? And you might say, oh, I have a good reason and I do need to go get these clothes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it was something I, I read at an early age and it always stuck with me. And at times I have gone out and bought new clothes. But it, to me, it's just more of a, a guardrail and a rule of thumb. It's a good thing to think. And so I probably said something along the lines of, well, if somebody doesn't like your vibe, whether it's the content you publish or like your physical appearance, because that's also... Uh, you're you're publishing data. The way you look is data that you're publishing, uh, assuming you have photos of yourself, or certainly if they meet you in person, you're broadcasting your vibe. And, it, you know, you're broadcasting a million things, actually. And I probably said something like, if people don't like your vibe, then okay, they don't get the joke. Go, go mm-hmm. find someone who does like the vibe, you know. And so anyway, so this kicked off uh, conversation, a couple conversations. Uh, I think I heard about it in email and also in my group coaching Slack, uh, where a, th- a thread got kicked off. Where I think I think the overall appearance thing got conflated into clothes specifically, maybe because I, I might have mentioned that that throw quote. Um, and there was like I was sh- sh- honestly shocked by how many people piled in with advice about you know where to shop and and how to. Is it mostly women? And, uh, yes, there were a couple of guys in there, but they mostly, they mostly didn't talk that much. Uh, yeah, it was mostly mm-hmm. women. I think it was probably five or six. And I was like, wow, this is way more on people's <laughs> minds than I was aware, which is, of course, you know, I suppose that wouldn't surprise anyone. Uh, so anyway, so I wanted to loop back to the subject. I don't know if it's to clarify our positions or if it's to just explore it. But um, yeah, I know, where do you want to go with it? What do you think about all this? Well, I mean, I think the core question is, does appearance matter? And if we had to do it in a, if we had to answer it in one word, I would say yes. And it sounds like, oh, you would say yes. Well, if you're, uh, yes, if it's a pure binary, yes, people, it's, it is information you are publishing. So yes, every, every piece of information you publish matters question is how much does it matter that's i feel like that's the that's where it gets more interesting well and the how much does it matter i think is interesting in in a couple of ways and one way is how much does it matter to you and how much does it matter to your audience and i think we all have this filter and we're the I'm telling you, we're we're always the hardest judges of ourselves versus somebody else. But we have this filter, and sometimes we're thinking, 
Everybody's looking at me. Everybody's <laughs> looking at me. I bet they think my skirt's too short or it's too long or my heels are too high or my shoes are ugly. And really, they're not thinking anything of the sort. They're wondering what they're going to have for lunch today. Yeah, or they're worried about their hair came out funny that day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I know when my hair looks ridiculous and somebody will go, oh, your hair looks so nice. I'm like, what? But because we're so self-centered in that way, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. I mean, I think, you know... The way you described it is that the conversation really wound up being about how do I dress myself, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah, and I think I'm going to tiptoe into this. Um, I think that a lot of times, you know, women look at this differently than men. I'm generalizing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's also um, a sense of privilege that comes with this. You know, if you're a, a white male, it's easier to say, oh, it doesn't matter what I wear. But if you're female or you're a person of color, there it's a lot more complex. There are more layers. There's you know there's more judgment or different judgment maybe as a better as a better term. Mm-hmm. So I think I, I always have a lot of empathy for anybody who's dealing with this because you're dealing with how you feel about yourself and how you look, and you're dealing with what you think your audience thinks about (laughs) how you look right Right. it's both of those things right yeah and now that i'm thinking of it hair and makeup did come up to as well so it was like the whole style i I don't know how to like i'm trying to differentiate like the the things that you can decide to do one way or another versus like how tall you are you know what i mean right because it's all appearance some of it is up to you and some of it's not and the the conversation be revolved very much around the things that you could could change do something about right yeah hair makeup clothes mm-hmm. um and and i guess i would say accessories like eyeglasses yeah, things jewelry, like that right yeah, yeah expensive yeah. watch whatever i mean like yeah i mean i've certainly i've certainly heard you know old white guy advice like wear an expensive watch, an expensive suit, and an expensive fountain pen. You know, or carry an expensive mm-hmm. fountain pen, right? Drive an expensive car, and and you know, play the status games. It's pure status games. So, which isn't to dismiss it, but it, it's just not. Well, a, that one is. That's a status game. Yeah, it, clothing doesn't have to be a status game. Clothing can be self-expression. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose a Bentley could be self-expression too. I guess, but um, usually when it's discussed explicitly. It's because they know it's a game and play the game to win, you know, zero sum kind of thinking. Yeah. It's like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Look, look at, you know, some people who are big in the digital space who like to show their Bentley their or plane. their, yeah, yeah their, their private jet or whatever it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's definitely a status game. But really, I think what we're talking about when I put this in the, in the context of showing your authority, that authority is also about being authentic to you. So it's not that there is this one-size-fits-all look that you need to have in order to be an authority. It's this combination of what you want for yourself, what makes you feel powerful, and what helps attract the audience that you most want to attract. I mean, and I absolutely understand there will be somebody listening going, I don't care what they think. I just want to be me. Go for Mm -hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Go for it. I'm not going to stand here and say, oh, yes, you should wear a suit or you should wear this, or you should wear that. I will say when I do branding work with people in the expert and authority space, 
I always try to match everything to their personality and their vibe. So like I wouldn't, like Jonathan, if we were working together and I hadn't known you, I wouldn't go in and try to put you in a suit. I wouldn't even try to put you into like a bright color because I would, it, it just, would I like to see it? Of course I would. But not if you would never wear it in person. If it didn't make you feel you know, as good about yourself as you already do or better, why would I do that? It, it's just like planting seeds of doubt. I think this is it really it's about finding, you know, your vibe. I'm thinking of a, a friend of mine who was in big consulting and she came to me one time because someone had told her that her she had a silver and um, kind of dark hair mixed and it was gorgeous. She had really the most beautiful colored hair I've probably ever seen in my life. And somebody came to her and said, you know, that silver makes you look old. Yeah. And I'm like, no, it doesn't make you look old. It's beautiful. Um, but she said, well, you know, I'm really unhappy. So I sent her to a hairdresser that is amazing with curly hair. And she came back, did not touch the color, adjusted the cut, and she looked amazing and she felt wonderful. But I would never have said anything to her if she didn't come to me and say, I'm struggling this with this. What do I do? And it's, but it was about, her look, her vibe, her natural, she had very delicate features, her natural look. Mm. And, you know, I've always worn makeup. I love wearing makeup. You'll never see me without lipstick. Does that mean I think everybody else should? No, mm -hmm. absolutely not. It's what works for you, the authority that you're trying to build, and the audience that you want to reach. Mm. I really like this distinction between being comfortable in your not just skin but like outfit hair the whole thing whatever uh feeling like not feeling like you're in your dad's suit that doesn't quite fit <laughs> and it's broken in wrong and you know yeah. not feeling phony just feeling like um strong right you feel strong yes. or or formidable or confident whatever you want to say like that's critical i think that is that really matters so like in a situation where you're doing consulting work and you're you're being looked to as an expert and you, you would expect the person to project confidence or at least expertise, uh, you would expect that. You want that. It would undermine trust if they felt uncomfortable or like were fidgeting with their sweater. You know, it just seems like, right. I, like, yeah. So feeling, I, I totally agree that like feeling comfortable is critical, whatever you want to call it. Uh, comfortable, confident, whatever. Yes, let's say confident because comfortable, I think, implies, you know, let's show, I'm going to show up in yoga pants. Okay, yep. Although I'm wearing yoga pants right now. <laughs> yeah, and I'm wearing gym shorts. So it's like, because I've got gym right after this. So, I mean, I, I, people are going to judge you, full stop. So mm -hmm. it, that was, I feel like that's the comment I was kind of getting at. Maybe I did a bad job communicating last time is like, people are going to like or not like your vibe your words, your outfit, they're, they're going to like or not like it. But if you're comfortable, if you, if you, this is what I usually tell people about if they, especially if they have a contrarian viewpoint, if you're not trolling, if you're not just looking for outrage and you can support your reasons for publishing that piece or for choosing that jacket, like then if people don't like it, they just don't get the joke, find other people that do get the joke. And I mm -hmm. guess there's an assumption there that if, if you are all in alignment with yourself, your whole persona, the whole the whole thing, then there will be people that like. Like I, I guess that's the assumption. Like 
that someone's going to like it because people are attracted to that kind of, we'll just, just keep using the word confidence. They're attracted confidence. to that confidence. Yeah. yeah, we all are. We're attracted to confidence. We love it. Right. Not arrogance, confidence. Right. It's a fine line. Right. Yeah. And not comfort either. I don't really care if somebody's comfortable. Um, I care that they feel confident and and they project that to me. So I'm confident that they can help me. Mm. See, I, okay, let's go into this a little bit more, right? I can't feel confident if I'm uncomfortable in my clothes. It's not happening. Okay. So like if I have to, you know, go to a funeral and I have to put on the suit and uh, something like that, it is super uncomfortable. And it's not just an annoyance. It's, it, it saps, it makes me feel weaker. You know, it makes me feel bad. So maybe it's because I'm at a funeral. Well, yeah. Well, that's also a, that's ritual dressing. Weddings and funerals are ritual dressing. You know, if Mm -hmm. it's a formal wedding, you're not going to show up in jeans and a t-shirt. But let's take the ritual out of it. Let's take a, let's take, you're going to meet a client in person. Mm -hmm. I know that never happens, but let's imagine you are. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, what would what would you what would make you uncomfortable? Jeans and a black t-shirt. Oh, uncomfortable. Co- oh, comfortable is jeans and a black t-shirt. Jeans okay. and a black t-shirt, and probably I'm kind of a uh, my weakness is probably shoes, so I'd probably wear pretty like cool shoes. Okay, that's and it. so that's in alignment with what you've taught your audience to expect. Exactly. Now, mm-hmm. if you showed up in gym shorts, I would say that's out of alignment. I would never do that. That would be yeah. so. Yeah, it's out of yeah. You wouldn't do it, but it's the the, what the jeans and the and the black t shirt are. It's kind of your uniform. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not unexpected based on your website and the podcast and you know people's experience of you. So Mm -hmm. I would say go for it. Um, And your audience is is that. So if your audience is Fortune five hundred people, then the question is, you might still wear exactly that. You might say, this is my statement. This is who I am. I, you know, and, and you're not exactly saying this, but I don't really care if you like or don't like my jeans. This is what I wear. Right. Um, and there will be a larger percentage of people in that block who might say, mm, no, I don't think I can bring them into a meeting with the CEO right. dressed like that. Uh, right. And I, like, I'll take that trade off. Like, right. I, it would almost be, mm, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but for me, it's almost like a game. Can I be so good and deliver results that are so outstanding that no one cares what I'm wearing? Like, I, you know, I don't, I don't know if this is a tangent, but I just, I happened to see that there was a big crypto conference recently and Vitalik Buterin showed up in a onesie. So, you know, but he's a <laughs> rock star. You know what I mean? Like there are people who are so good, you don't care. And I wonder, so for the, if we, if we focus down on the, the segment of people who are we're thinking or conscious about their outfit, not to make themselves feel more confident, but because they believe they need to publish their appearance in a particular way yes. to please someone else. Yes. Is it, would it be time better spent doing, um, producing better results? Like so good, you, you can't be ignored kind of thing. Like, like, is it, is it, is it that, they're in such tight competition. They see themselves in such tight competition with like the next person over that details like the right polo shirt is going to make the difference between getting the deal and not getting the deal. Is that part of this? That, that there's like this zero sum competition between I, competitors? I don't, I don't know. 
this is it's the the challenge is it's so wrapped up in the person's individual judgment mm-hmm. and I've met people who come at this from all different ways. Like you just said, you're at at one outlier end where, oh, I want to be so good that it doesn't matter what I wear. I might say, like, I think we're actually surprisingly alike in this because I used to come in in some things that were edgy for corporate America, Mm -hmm. and I, I didn't care. I mean, I did when I was you know, first starting out. But once I hit a certain level, I was like, I don't care. I'm going to wear the fishnets. I just mm-hmm. don't care. I'm going to do that. And I don't right. care if somebody likes it or not. And then you have the the other person at any stage of their career who might be going, oh, I just think there's judgment. Like the woman who took me to task because I showed my arms on my website. Mm-hmm. Or yourself, your younger you that had the helmet hair and the... Yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. Well, I was learning how to like what do I have to look like to get ahead? Like what's, and it was a long time ago too, but what do I have to look like? What's the vibe? Yeah. I did get a request for a helmet hairpin, by the way. So we've got our first merch request. Because <laughs> oh <my laughs> now that we're so talking bad. about it, we did, we did talk about clothes. Like we did, because you mentioned the fishnets and the, the hair. Oh, and the, okay. I guess I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. So for, what, what about this? What about this? What if... Let's say I just wanted to wear gym shorts all the time or, or you know, the mm-hmm. ratty T-shirt or something. Could you not build a business around yourself that where, where your, you know, your video and photos is just not a thing you do? I mean, is that, am I just living in the future where, like, I can't imagine meeting somebody in person anymore? Or is it still, like, there's no way around it? So I guess, let me, I guess like this. Well, yeah, let me ask it like this. So, so what if... You know, you go to somebody's website like James Clear. I don't think there's a picture of him on it anywhere. And and then so you've you've and if you've never seen him and you hire him to come speak or something, you you have you don't know what to expect. That is that a good thing or a bad thing? Or or is it? I'm doing a terrible job asking this question. Can you completely build your business in a way where no one sees what you look like? That's what I'm asking. I think it's it's possible, but if if we Say that authority is writing and speaking. Mm-hmm. You have to speak on some level. Now, you could speak on a podcast mm-hmm. where there's no video, but chances are you're still going to meet people like when you record. Like if, if you're a guest on a podcast, you usually talk to them and you see them on mm-hmm. a screen, right? Um, I, I think it's theoretically possible, but I think it also depends on, you know, what's the business that you want to build. If you want to be like the authority's authority, and something really, really, really narrow, where you're like the the neurosurgeon. Yeah, yeah. I think you, I think you could. Why not? Right. Um, in fact, I think of some neurosurgeons that were kind of like that, um, except they put the white coat over the you know the grubby jeans and t-shirt. Um, so yeah, I absolutely think you can do that. Um, but I think I, d- I still think that appearance can be a tool in how you build your authority business. I think the challenge is that we have these self-limiting beliefs about how we look to other people. And I have yet to work with anyone who didn't look fantastic for who they are and what they were doing. And when I say look fantastic, I mean in terms of putting visuals together for the website. Mm -hmm. So we're not talking about fake. We're not talking about creating something that doesn't exist, but that sort of natural person in their natural habitat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I totally, <laughs> we've talked about it before when I was uh, doing my credit union experiment. 
as I was winding down my consulting business, I was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to do a positioning experiment, really niche down on credit unions. And, and, um, and I violated my own rule, which was that, you know, I, I put on like clothes I would never normally wear, you know, just a little Mm -hmm. bit, you know, like a, uh, you know, I'll wear a flannel or whatever if it's cold out, but, but I generally don't wear a button down shirt and that, and I did. And I even pulled out like my funeral jacket <laughs> and it was like, you know, I was like, okay, you know, getting a professional photo shoot done. The guy was like, bring stuff like this. And I did instead of being like, nah, I'm not doing that. And, uh, and, and sure enough, one of my, <laughs> one of my later gigs with, um, credit union president and board of directors, um, the, the feedback after the presentation, I did like a, a half day presentation about, you know, the mobile changing everything. And, you know, it was like pretty futuristic. And, uh, and the, the takeaway at the end was like, you know, it was like Jonathan Stark, that guy's a space shot. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and I was like, I actually, I actually, it w- it was meant in a negative way, but I was like, no, I, that makes sense that you would think that. Yeah. It kind of was <laughs> like, and, and really the takeaway is it was the wrong audience for me. You know, they were not, they weren't, you know, whatever. It, it just wasn't a fit. Like there would be a better audience for someone else. And me knowing, I guess subconsciously knowing that, that it wasn't the right audience for me, you know, caused me to, or, or at least slipped past my guard and I put on a suit coat, you know, and it was like, and all of that stuff's all tied up together. And it, you know, it was, it was a failure. Like it was not successful. It was like that, you know, they didn't do diddly squat of the advice that I gave them, of, of course, because they're that not that kind of a company. So, you know, they weren't looking for a guy to come in in jeans and like blaze orange sneakers and a black t-shirt, you know, so it was just a bad fit. But that's mm-hmm. okay. There's plenty of other businesses like Starby, perfect outfit for startups, for example, you know, just mm-hmm. fit, fit right in there. That's the match, right? It's the match between who you are how you feel confident and the audience that you want to attract. Mm-hmm. It's right. that, you know, where's the overlap? Mm-hmm. And I think that if you're um, too focused on what you think they want visually <laughs> versus what you're comfortable with, that's where the mismatch happens. Yeah, right. I I, I think I love that. I love that distinction. That had, That was not obvious to me before. Please yourself. Right. But, you know, you could be professional still. It doesn't have to be sloppy, but you can surely find a way to please yourself with your outfit. You know, feel confident, find people that are cool with that, that dig it, that are like, oh, yes. wow, that's cool. Oh, I just thought of I just thought of a story that illustrates okay. that. So when I when I first started my company where we hired lots of people, um, this woman walked into the office and she had on just a beautiful beautifully cut suit it was gorgeous and she was wearing a hat I mean like (laughs) a day hat right and she walked in and um she went in to meet the recruiter and after she left I I looked at the recruiter I said what the heck was that she goes oh you're gonna love her you are gonna love her and you're gonna hire her I'm like yeah right well I did and not only did I hire her, she became a friend of mine and is still a friend to this day. But she had this hat. I mean, like, who in Chicago walks in with this very fashionable hat and this incredibly fashionable suit? It was like, oh, my God. But that was her. That was all her. If I did that, I would have looked ridiculous. <laughs> right? It looked like a and costume. Like you're playing dress up. 
I asked her later and she said, you know what? I'd been in, she'd been in the big firms and she said, I was so tired of it. I just decided if they couldn't accept me for me, I didn't want the job. Right. Yes. That's the attitude. That's the attitude. Yeah. 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 Okay. So let's, let's, that's, uh, that sounds expensive. Let's talk about the money thing a little bit. uh, Yeah. Is, is that a factor? You know, if you're trying to please other people and it's expensive to do and you're out there buying clothes that you don't like, that's got to burn like that. That's got to be like, Ugh. yeah, this feels like such a waste. I don't buy clothes I don't like. Mm-hmm. And, you know, easier said than done. I mean, I've <laughs> when I bought clothes, I've always liked them when I bought them. Sometimes I didn't like them as much when I got them home. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I just can't even imagine the the hit to your confidence of going out and buying something and you go, oh, this doesn't feel like me. I don't like this color. I don't like this shape. I don't like this price tag. Uh, yeah. And so I have a couple of ideas. And believe it or not, the first one applies to men too. Mm-hmm. And that is um, to figure out your colors. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about, you know, fall, winter, spring. Sure. Um, I will, in the show notes, I will give you a link to... Um, a, a color person who I think is crack the code. It's super simple. It's not expensive. And you can basically get a little color book that you can take shopping with you or huh. use it, you know, to compare colors online so you know what <laughs> colors are going to look good f- with you. Um, and the reason I say that is because you'd be surprised, and it's men and women, is that if you just change the color, like, Jonathan, if black wasn't your color, but maybe a deep brown worked better, you know, great. Um, getting just understanding what colors you can wear goes a long way. So that's, I mean, that's the first thing. And I think the other thing is that I've said before, clothing is a tool. Um, for me, it's also some expression. So I will spend way more time than somebody who doesn't care about clothes, picking mm-hmm. clothes. I absolutely will. You enjoy Because that. I do. Right. But somebody who doesn't get a stylist. Because it's actually cheaper to get a stylist and buy a few things than to go out there and buy a gazillion things and not be happy with anything. And I will put some um, some links to stylists in the show notes as well. But I just want to make a comment. Just because somebody's a stylist doesn't mean they're the right stylist for you. So choose very, very carefully. You want somebody who's not going to like make you wear makeup if you don't want to. Yeah. Or make you wear, not should say make, but encourage you to have like big, heavy jewelry if that's not your thing. This is yeah. about finding the best you in there that matches your audience and what you're trying to do in the world. Because a lot of times what happens is we think too small. And this is an opportunity to think bigger, to be more confident, to help more people, to make bigger changes, to get better clients. Mm. I do like the stylist idea. And in fact, that reminds me of the thread again that was in the group coaching channel. Um, a couple of people recommended, you know, like, do you have a cool friend or have you gone to, mm-hmm. um, I, th- I think Nordstrom has, I don't know if it's a personal shopper or just like, yeah. like tasteful salespeople and Stitch Fix came up, I think. And I am 100%, I 100% agree. If, if, you, if you don't know what, it is that would make you feel confident, like you don't know how to put something together that you're like, okay, this is a look, then definitely just get get an expert, right? <laughs> just like yeah. just like you're an expert at something, 
And the, the, probably most people listening to this wouldn't design their own website. They would get someone to do it, and they would want it. They would want it to reflect what their the the vibe they're trying to broadcast. There's no reason that that couldn't extend to you know your outfit, your uh, whatever hair, makeup, jewelry, accessories. Yeah, there's no reason. So if if you always feel awkward, then I would totally do that if i felt awkward all the time with my like just nothing fits and i just feel like i look old or something i would definitely do that yeah and and you know we were talking about budget you know if you've got a friend who's really fashionable i mean again you have to be careful because you don't want them putting their fashion advice on you like i have a friend who's really good at helping other people find what's good for them you know, oh, uh, this makes your your eyes sparkle or this makes your hips look amazing or, you know, you know, fill in the blank. And then the other piece around that is getting a really good hairstylist. Again, whether you're male or female, doesn't matter. Get somebody who can look at your face and figure out, you know, what style is going to be right for you. Mm-hmm. And I'm also a big fan of working with the hair you have. You know, if it's curly, keep it curly. If it's straight, keep it straight. I mean, fine if you want to change it. But this idea that we have to change it in order to please other people, no. Right? Yeah, that pleasing. <laughs> that's the core. I think that is my core. The core surprise for me was how much of that goes on. I, I, I guess I shouldn't yeah. be surprised by that. But that that was, um, and it's a little bit, it's unfortunate. It's like sad kind of. It doesn't feel um, productive or something. I don't know. It's just something about it. It's it's like uh, I was like, thank oh, you, I, Instagram. I don't like that. Yeah, <laughs> no wonder I'm not on that either. Well, I mean, there's a lot of pressure on women, um, people of color, to look a certain way, and things like Instagram don't help when you go through it. I mean, in my feed, I was like. God, is there anybody who isn't gorgeous? Like, is there anybody like normal looking? I mean, it kind of cracks me up, but it's, it's, it's tempting to buy into that because it's easy, because it's all around us. But it's important to really embrace what is you versus trying to look like someone else or an ideal that you think your audience has in their head. Because I, I, I argue we do want to reach our own ideals, but we don't want somebody to supplant that with somebody else's idea of what would be perfection. <laughs> so do you think there's a, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to like look at it from the other side of the table. Like what's the scenario where you feel like someone should, what, what are we calling this style, this people pleaser like approach? What, what, what would you call that? Like um, dressing for imagined or real expectations in others, even though you don't like it. See what I'm saying? Substi- like, substituting someone else's judgment for your own. Okay, there you go. Perfect. And are there scenarios where you're like, yeah, you have to do that? Or is that a sign that something's just out of alignment? I think there are norms that sometimes you can use to your advantage. So the norm might be, Sort of like like the ritual, like a funeral. Like when I go to a funeral, I need to wear, if not a suit, I need to wear a very dark color. I need to be somber. So I think that there are norms. Um, you know, if you're in the uh, the boardroom of a Fortune 500 company, unless I'm very, very different, I'm probably not going to be in jeans and a T-shirt. 
Mm-hmm. I'm going to have my version of what an elegant look might be, right? Mm-hmm. Whether that's a suit or a dress or so. So you, there are some norms, I think. And I, I just, I don't have an absolute in my head because I can think of a couple of people that I've worked with who could absolutely work, walk into a boardroom wearing a clown suit and they'd probably <laughs> still get respect. <laughs> but I think that there's a, um, there is a politeness or courtesy effect yeah. that you can take advantage of if you want to. Yeah, that, I, I think I mentioned, I said it would be rude to wear, there's something, there's something about violating the norms that is rude or, or, or could come across that way. That mm-hmm. It's almost like a third factor here that is, is kind of surprising me. I just... I, I'm reminded of something a number of years ago. I was um, consulting with a Catholic hospital chain, and a number of the senior executives were nuns. And so, yeah, you'd walk in, and they didn't necessarily wear the full habit, but they had the the headpiece, and they were nuns. And they were very severe, as you might expect. And I say severe, I mean in their look. And I still remember they hired a woman as their CEO. And the first time I met her, I'm like, oh, this is not going to go over well. She was, first of all, she was very attractive, lots of makeup, very stylish haircut, amazingly stylish clothes, high heels, like (laughs) done to the, like, you know, red nails, the whole thing. And I'm like, oh, this is not going to go well. The nuns loved her. They (laughs) loved her because. I know. Well, she was really great at what she did, and she cared about the nuns. But Mm -hmm. my point was, you know, she could have made that expectation that she should dress down, that she shouldn't wear any makeup, that she should do all that. She didn't. She was unabashedly herself, and the nuns loved it. The nuns go wild. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, I did not see that one, you know, going well, but it did. And Uh that's kind of the point, is that I just think our judgment and my judgment in that situation um, gets in the way. And if we can own who we are, and if we can look away, uh, 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 so to say, appear ourselves, you know, adorn ourselves in a way and style ourselves in a way that feels confident, it's going to work. Yeah, I, I can't get around that. Like, I, I want, I want to give. I want to respect the fact that people don't, that they're maybe a little bit, um, I don't want to say desperate, but like they don't feel like they can just say no to clients. I mean, I know I talk to tons of people that they get a lead and it's obviously a bad lead. You know, someone is clearly going to be abusive, uh, micromanaging, just a real bad client. And they're like, how should I pitch this? And I'm like, you should not pitch it. They're obviously <laughs> going to be bad. And it doesn't even occur to them that, that that's like an option. And they're like, well, no, I, either I need the money or or they feel some obligation since, I don't know, someone referred them and you know they feel mm-hmm. an obligation to give them a proposal. So I get that. I get that there's social and financial pressure to work with people for whom you're not necessarily the best fit. And I kind of want to give people leeway there, people in that situation, that if they think the difference is going to be that they don't, uh, that they they dress to please the other person and not themselves, maybe that's okay in the moment, and I guess, but I, I just cannot let myself agree with that as a long term. 
You know what I mean? Like I can't, it just yeah. feels like it, if you're creating a business built around you, it's no, no one on planet earth is in a better situation to where, where, what makes them feel confident. You know what I mean? Like you have the most, I can't think of a job that would have more flexibility in designing your own appearance. It, you know what just it is? Totally... No, you know what it just struck me as you were saying that is that is that we now have options. When you're inside an organization, it tends to feel like you don't have as many options. I agree. Because well, mm-hmm. you, you don't. Yeah, but they have it, a literal dress code. Well, yeah. And there's also the unwritten dress code that um, impacts whether or not people take you to meetings. So yeah. if you're like a junior consultant, and well, I've been a junior consultant, and I want to go to those meetings. Mm-hmm. And if they're taking everybody else but me, I'm, I'm trying to figure out why are they not taking me? What is mm-hmm. going on? And it's possible that, you know, some, that appearance has something to do with it. I don't know in that sure. scenario. But you, mm-hmm. you ha- you're in a box. And what happens when you leave all that behind is you've broken out of the box. So right. you don't want to create a new box. New box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right? right. You, That's you how wanna... it feels to me. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you've got this, you know, opening, this opportunity to really be authentic. And I know in the first couple of years, it's all about just, you know, let's just get enough work. I just need enough right, work right, so right. I, I, I don't have to worry. But then you get to that point and you're like, oh, well, I can be choosy. I can decide mm-hmm. who I want to work with. Oh, I can decide these are my ideal clients. Oh, huh. mm-hmm. I can wear what I want. I can... Right. Wear what makes me feel good. Oh, okay. It, right. It's that it's that process, but I think that's part of it. Is that is that most of us have been in a box from our employment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's I. I don't like the power frame of dressing to impress someone else. The power frame is off. That that's a part of the, that. I realize that now that that is the subconscious thing. That's that's. Um, like I want to respect the fact that people can't just maybe just flip this switch either mentally or professionally, but the power frame's wrong. Like if you're, if you are running an expertise based business, you want to be working with your clients, your buyers on a peer basis. They don't get to tell you what to wear. They're not your boss. No. And you know, your clients are a choice. In fact, your boss is a choice as Mm -hmm. Mike Montero likes to say. You can quit and go somewhere else. And maybe people are in situations where that's not so easy. And I get that. Um, but if if that's if you actually do have more latitude or you do have the ability to be a little bit choosier, then it seems like, yeah, like don't put yourself in the you know, the box. It's like don't put yourself in the box. It doesn't exist anymore or it doesn't have to exist anymore. So, you know, maybe it's a transition over time where you're just like, Well, what would I wear? What would make me feel confident? Or how would I like to present myself? in my website and my outfit, everything across the board Mm -hmm. and have it all be aligned, have it be you at the core that, you know, an authentic you at the core. And I'm not saying not be professional, but there is a massive amount of, I mean, cause you're in a, you know, if, if there's a a huge scale, it's huge scale, right? Like, so if there's a norm for people listening to this, it's that you do need to appear professional. If there's a norm, it's probably that, but that is a massive territory you can look professional in a million, million different ways. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, right. And that's that's the shorts thing. Like if I showed up, that would be unprofessional. I feel like I feel like I can do the jeans and T-shirt in a way that comes across professional and on brand, but not for everybody, not not for right. 
investment bank. That doesn't fly. But for solo entrepreneurs and consultants, startup people, yeah, they totally, they do, they dress the same way. So it's like, I guess there's a norm and, you know, and does that mean that I can't work with certain big clients? Yeah, it does. But there's enough fish in the sea that I didn't, you know, didn't generally care. Well, or that you probably won't. I wouldn't say that you can't work with those clients that you probably, probably won't. won't. There, probably there might won't. be some outliers who are totally into um, the fact that you're different. Yeah. I mean, and that's kind of the point is that it, and especially when you're first in something, you know, you're the first woman, you're the first person of color to do things in an organization. Then, then you leave that organization and you go out. It's like you, you think those, those ties that that box still exists mm. and you can, you know, create a new one or just don't build a box at all. Mm. You just build this model that is in complete alliance. I mean, those are the people I think that are that are inevitably the happiest in life exactly. and in business yeah. is when you can align who you're serving with this, you know, big idea or the revolution that you want to lead with how you get to live your life. Like I mean, I, I used to know a ton of financial advisors when I was in L.A., and so many of them just seemed so uncomfortable in their own skin. And I, <laughs> and I, I, I finally figured out, well, this is my version of why, is that they were dealing with people who had millions and millions of dollars, and they had to serve these people, but a number of them felt the pressure to live a lifestyle that made them look successful in quotes mm. so the car you drive the clothes you wear and i i felt like the most successful ones were the ones that went well i'm successful and this is what my life looks like and it wasn't about like the status games it was about yeah. what mattered to them like educating their kids or uh, traveling a lot what, whatever it was it's really hard when you're trying to live up to an imagined standard Mm -hmm. of your clients or your ideal audience right and, and let's just again throw you know it might not it might not always be imagined like it might actually you might be right. right right but you don't have to work with those people like for the people who actually are judging you negatively based on something uh, based on your expression of yourself well, maybe you don't want to work with those kinds of people so doing yeah. putting in some effort to find people who do want who do dig your whole vibe, your real vibe, then it just seems like that. That's why I felt sad when I was reading that thread because it was kind of like, but wait, like you could be so much happier if you didn't have to bend yourself into a pretzel like that. And like, what's making you feel like you have to do that? Are you sure that clients wouldn't, um, mm -hmm. you know, maybe, and maybe they would respond. Yes, I am sure. It has been literally told to me that, uh, you know, they didn't hire me because my arms were showing. <laughs> I, I still, I just, I just can't, you know, and this is like uh, American white guy talking, but I just, I just, it's depressing to imagine that people believe that there's no one that would hire them with their arms showing or whatever it is. Like, right. I can't bring myself to think that that's the way. I don't think every, everything's perfect, but if you're by a long shot, but if you're a solo consultant, you have so much flexibility. It's jaw dropping mm -hmm. in terms of in terms of um, client selection. I mean, you could work with anyone anywhere in the world. They might not even need to see you visually in any way. It's, it's like that's what I was saying before. I, it's hard for me to imagine a career that would have 
so much potential flexibility in terms of client selection. And it's sad to imagine um, being stuck, feeling stuck in this like, oh, I have to take every client I get and I need to bend over backwards to get them. And I'm not saying the people in the thread were saying this, but but people but I know people do think this, you know, maybe when they're when times are tight or in the famine cycle or they're just starting out and they're not getting enough business to support their desired lifestyle. But working your way out of that, I think, as long as as long as someone is sees that there's a way out and there's light at the end of the tunnel and they can be more themselves and it will actually be better for them because it creates a virtuous cycle of attacking of attracting people who dig your vibe. And then you right. don't have to pretend you don't have that vibe when when people who are, you know, don't get the joke come calling. Yeah, it's it's like you're flexing your muscles. <laughs> you know, you just you try it out and you know, and go, yeah, this fits. Not, not so much. Mm. Just keep thinking alignment, 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 because the more everything is aligned mm-hmm. when it comes to, it, well, your life too, but the more that's aligned, the easier it is for you to feel comfortable in your own skin. And that's what attracts us, us meaning your your ideal clients and audience. Right. The ideal That's ones. what we yeah. love. Yeah. We just want you to just be comfortable and uh, uh, I keep saying comfortable, confident. Confident, powerful. That. Yeah. Yeah, strong. Yes, absolutely. I mean, think about who you follow. I mean, chances are you're not following people who are going, well, I kind of thought about this and I kind of thought about that. You want people who have opinions. And if they have strong opinions that you disagree with, you'll move on to somebody else. But you're looking for that confidence and strength. That's what authority, Mm -hmm. that's part of what authority is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like I want to tie, tie it back to the beginning a little bit and and imagine appearance as just more content that you're publishing. And, uh, you know, folks, if you're, Mm. if you're writing words that you think are provocative or um, you're recording interviews that you think are provocative, it's like, why not, maybe I shouldn't have chose the word provocative, but um, if you're challenging people with your words and your ideas, I don't see why you can't do that with your appearance. It's just another channel that you're broadcasting on. Yeah. So look, look at Pia Silva. I mean, we were on her show. If you look yeah. at her images, they're awesome. <laughs> she right. just and it's it's not about what she's wearing so much as it is about the confidence that she exudes in those shots. And it's mm-hmm. not for everybody. It works for her. Right. Absolutely works for her. It feels highly authentic. Yeah, I come across a lot of people who who um, they'll send in positioning statements to me. Let's say like, oh, we're thinking about positioning this. What do you think of this? And they're usually they're usually a good start, <laughs> um, but but still too much word salad and vagary. And but every once in a while, I'll get ones that are just like a punch in the face, and I'm like, yes, yes. Yeah. And it's like it, they're so good, you know. It just mm-hmm. and, and you know how I know that they're good. Because I know that they're going to piss a lot of people off. That's how I know they're good. <laughs> I know that they're going to get criticized. And it's kind of like the strategy conversation we had where that element of surprise is a factor. It's like when I see one of those come along, it immediately sort of polarizes or it creates a Rolodex moment. And I'm like, oh, you're never going to work with these kinds of people with that positioning. But you are, people are going to come running from these other areas. Mm-hmm. Because it's yep. so powerful, right? So, like, if you yep. if you're someone who's who strives to have that strong of a 
of a positioning, you know, a strategic marketing feel or like whatever your worldview or vision or big idea or revolution is, then why not dress the part, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't have to look like every other consultant, like sitting in the in the waiting room like a salesperson. Yeah. It's the part that you create for yourself. That's what's, yeah. ex- I mean, to me, that's what's exciting. Like, I don't yeah. want somebody else telling me that I, I have to dye my hair or not dye my hair. I have to cut my hair or grow it long or I have to put it up in a bun. I mean, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to hear any of that. I want to do what makes me feel terrific and confident and like I can serve the people I want to serve. That's what I want. Mm. And anything that doesn't help me to do that, I, I, I discard. It's noise. Yeah. 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 All right. We solved it. <laughs> <laughs> I know you were worried about this episode, Jonathan. It's okay. I I just don't like thinking, I I don't like talking about stuff I don't think about. And I never think about this, which is kind of the point of why it's good for me to have the conversation because, you know, a lot of people do think about it and maybe a lot of people have to think about it. So, And women think about it a lot, a lot. That's that's why they got to get off Instagram. (laughs) 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 It's not good. Uh, anyway, all right. So, is there anything? I feel like I feel like we've I feel like we've done it. No, yeah, we've done it. And I'm oh. I'm going to leave those those links in the show notes because I think that, that that will help if somebody would like a stylist or to think about color differently. Mm, cool. All right, folks. That's it for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark, and I'm Rochelle Moulton. And we hope you join us again next time for the Business of Authority. Bye. Bye bye.